hello and welcome back to Oft. This is your host, Jonathan Cannon, and this is... Eddie. Hello. Yeah, he will be joining us today as co-host. Permanently. Okay, permanently. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the mythics of Dominaire United. It's about Which, to come out. Tomorrow. And, well, yeah, the time of this releases. video releases. And video. we're going to talk about the mythics, and then we're going to talk about some of the different cycles. There's I lots of different cycles. And uh, then we're going to go into limited archetypes. So we're going to start out with a Johnny. So a Johnny sleeper agent. So it's one green, and then uh, com- Silenzia completed, and then white. So that is a mouthful. Yeah, completed is you can pay with either green, white, or two life. But if it, the life was paid, it comes in with two fewer loyalty. So um, it has four loyalty or two if you completed it. And so the first one is you reveal the top card of your library. If it's a creature or planeswalker card. Put it into your hand otherwise you may put it on the bottom of your library it's not that good yeah so a lot of planeswalkers can just like draw a card and so this is pretty weak because i played with it a lot in like in a very 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 creature heavy deck like it would be shocking to have 50 creatures in a commander deck or like 30 in a uh <coughs> 60 card format deck so it often whiffs and there's just like a scry is pretty bad for an uptake on a planeswalker. It reminds me of Jace almost. The I would even take a scribe mage. Yeah, literally. And so then it's minus three. You distribute three plus some plus one counters among up to three target creatures. They gain vigilance until end of turn. That is very weak. Also, like I well, mean, maybe in a counter deck that could do somewhat well, but yeah, for a but, minus three, yeah, but that you is... cast it for four mana, and then oh, and it's. You're going to tick it down to one. Oh, yeah, I get three plus one plus one counters. And sure, you can attack. Vigilance and, then, and trample. Yeah. Not trample. No, just, just vigilance. vigilance. But they can attack, and then you still have them up to block for Johnny. But it's pretty weak. And then the minus six. Normally, ultimates just win you the game. But this is you get an emblem. Whenever you cast a creature or planeswalker spell, target opponent gains two poison counters. So I first, like that, but it's not good It's at all. so... It's really... You have to cast five creature spells... To kill one player. So, Cobalts. yeah, in standard, you just cast five creature spells. This is after you've ultimated, they know it. And so you actually go through all these hoops, jump through all these hoops, and then finally you'll kill them with poison. But if you're playing commander, then it's just, yay, I get to kill one person. And they're going to see it coming, and they're going to try to as hard as they can to kill you. So I and feel it like. it can't it's, defend itself whatsoever. Oh, yeah, totally. It's. Yeah, yeah, it can't create any. So, um, next up we have Jaya, Fiery Negotiator. Do you want to read that, Atticus? Jaya. Okay, I could only see, I could only see it because of her wand covering it. All right. So it's a uh, four mana, two red, two not any color. It's a uh, starts off with four loyalty tokens. It's plus one is create a one one red monk creature token with prowess. So that's that's when, pretty good. So yeah, that starts we, off as a two two. Yeah, that can defend itself and really then, well. Well, it doesn't. It's just when you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one. Plus oh, I thought that was when it entered. Turn. Wait, which one's that then? The one that when it enters the battlefield, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. I I don't know, but pros is whenever you cast a non-creature spell, it gets plus one, plus one. So it's good, but yeah. the main thing is it defends itself by uptaking, which is one of the most powerful thing a planeswalker can do. Yep, and then it's minus one. Excel the top two cards of your library. Choose one of them. You may play that card this turn. So it's kind of like the unlucky witness uh, trigger. It's not horrible. For, yeah, it's not bad. It's card advantage, but it's okay. Alright, and then it's minus two, two. Choose target creature and opponent controls. Whenever you attack this turn, it deals damage equal to the number of attacking creatures to that creature. So Wow, I like that. Yeah, I can defend so, itself really well. Yeah, so basically either you can create a 1-1 one, one, or you can just attack with a bunch of guys and pick off a creature. Think- it, the problem is, you're, this is going to be, obviously, this is a mono-red build. Maybe blue, but like... Uh, you're going to be attacking with a lot of creatures. And so I do think this is good because you're attacking with a bunch. You can pick off one, then you're swinging. And then what's its ultimate, Atticus? Uh, you get an emblem with whenever you cast a red instant or sorcery spell, copy it twice. You may cast choose new targets for the copy. So that's pretty good, but it's like 
you have to, it starts at four loyalty, and up takes for one, and so, and it's a minus eight ability, so it's But it does defend turns. itself pretty well, it is decently yeah, easy to get to but it is that. five turns, and people are gonna, like, want to kill it very quickly, because once you do that, you're just, it's value town, or if you just have, like, one lightning bolt, you can, like, take out half of an opponent's life total, so I would say it's pretty good, but de- definitely it's gonna be, like, Kind of a shot how Chandra has probably played, like lots of mono red builds. Seven out of ten. Yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. With a three out of ten. Yeah, Johnny's a pretty bad. <laughs> bad. Just underlying that's, garbage. That's that's a good way to put it. I do like the introduction of the completed ability on points. Yeah, well, that wasn't cameo. It was. Uh, yeah, cameo completed had uh, completed, but I did not notice that, huh? Um, so next up we have Joda the Unifier, and so it's Wooberg, and then 5-5, five, five, and then Legendary Creatures you control get plus X, plus X, where X is the number of Legendary Creatures you control. <laughs> Whenever you cast a Legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a Legendary non-land card with lesser mana value. You can cast that card without paying its mana cost, but the rest is on the bottom of your library at a random order. So... This reminds me... Atla Kalani? No, not Atla Kalani, actually. It reminds me quite a bit of the first Sliver mixed with Mm. Sliver Legion combined. So the first Sliver has Cascade, and you can, like, go off because it uh, has... Other Slivers get Cascade. Yeah, and then that, you cast a Sliver, and then it casts another Sliver, and then it casts another Sliver, all the way down to one mana. Or zero mana, I guess. But... Um, it also has legendary creatures you control get plus X plus X, where like X is that. the number of legendary creatures you control. So that's what Sliver Legion does for Sliver. So it's here's the thing. Like you definitely have to untap with it. Like you can cast a couple slivers. legendaries. All legendary creatures have <laughs> slivers. But uh yeah, but like you definitely have to untap with it, and it's a very powerful Effects, so they're probably your opponents are probably going to try to kill it immediately. But if you, you do get that out, it's still yeah. like not a bad card. He's a six six because of his ability. Yeah, he would Ooh, start off as a yeah. five five. That's oh. actually a good point. So, um, yeah the the thing is, is it's like I personally like the first sliver more because it instantly has cascade, and slivers actually have lots of synergy. But I do think. Like, we got uh, Dihada, Binder of Wills, which is um, a legendary tribal. And so I do like this legendary tribal because you can put, like, a lot of cool legendaries together. And they don't really synergize, but they just do fun stuff. And for people like that, like Timmy's, it might be really enjoyable to just go, boom, cast this legendary, cast this legendary, cast this legendary. And then they all have big, big chunkers. Okay, are you ready for... If you thought a Johnny wow, was bad... Wow, you're actually going to be getting advantage off of Progenitus for once. <laughs> uh, but if you thought uh, a Johnny was bad, Wait, listen to this, Joda. Planeswalker. Joda, uh, 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'll accept that. Okay, if you thought that was bad, um, Karn Living Legacy. So, everyone who plays Magic knows that all the past Karns have so good. Standard, historic, modern, they've been played everything. This card... Uh... Bad. <laughs> well, why don't you, uh, explain its abilities? Oh, okay. Fine. Uh, alright. So he's a four-mana, colorless uh, planeswalker. He starts out with four loyalty counters. Um, his plus one is horrible. Create a tapped power stone token. It's an artifact with tap it to add one colorless mana. This mana can't be spent to play non-artifact spells. Oh my goodness. So artifact tribal, but bad. Yeah. So basically this can be abused. I mean, there's lots of artifact synergies. You can like sack it to car clan ironworks, get two mana, but and then like there's also, I mean you could also, like, the way it's worded, you could also use it to, like, activate abilities and stuff, because it's just you can't cast an artifact. But, yeah, it seems pretty bad for a loyalty ability for a four-mana Planeswalker. Especially on a plus one. Yeah. 
it's minus one to pay any amount of mana. Look at that many cards off the top of your library, then put one of those cards into your hand. And the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order, scry X, but you have to pay mana. And then you get one? That is horrible. awful. Well, I mean, hey, when in, uh, we were just talking about an uptick that usually draws you a card. And some, like, even scry and then draw you a card. This you have to pay at least one mana in a down tick. To just draw a card. That is just awful. You do get a bit of selection, but either, even <sighs> yeah, then you have to like pay mana for it. You're taking your turn off to just get, like, oh, look at seven cards. Pay seven mana, look at seven cards, get one. That's awful. And then his minus seven, you get an emblem with tap an untapped artifact you control. This emblem deals one damage to any target. So, Horrible. Yeah, so it's basically, that, that's obviously good. I like, have to pay, I have to tap my creatures. To deal all that damage. Or your power stones. But, I mean, Either way. It, it's a better, uh, gear, pure aether grid, or power grid, or whatever, the one that you tap to, to deal one damage to a target. And, sure, eventually this will win you the game, but if you're just up taking, you have three power stone tokens. So it's like, okay, tap my three, and maybe you have some eggs or baubles that you can cast. This does give me an idea, though, for a deck that's just, like, Things that have abilities like spellbook, so you have no maximum hand size, and then you can use that to tap it. But then again, you'd have to get his ultimate but, out. But that's been first. in so many decks, and it's just so you, you can't put that in a commander deck, and it's so much better to just have something like the old Giora, which just draws you a card whenever you cast one of those, which is great. But this is just like, yay, now I can tap it, deal one damage to a target if I follow all these little things. It's like. Artifact decks are not very good at defending themselves and defending Karn, so... 2 out of 10. Negative 3 out of 10, that's what I'm saying. I feel like he has an idea of like something that you can do with him, at least. Okay, next up we have Karn Silex. Is it good or is it bad? So, I, I think it's good, but it's 3 mana, it enters the battlefield tap, which is definitely a downside, but then... Players can't pay life to cast spells or to activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. Hate card. Yes. Great. So this is already sound like just a sideboard card. Super friends. It just wrecks. Uh, and then, um, like, oh, if you are playing, hate. like, completed. I but, I mean, <sighs> yeah, it, I guess if you're only, if you're playing, like, completed super friends. But, All right, now read its uh, next ability. Well, Second yeah, but, uh, and then it's X, tap, exile, Karn, Silex, destroy each null land permanent, mana value X or less, activate only the sorcery. So, board wipe. It's a decent board wipe, like, <clears throat> I mean, like, it exiles, it's kind of like Ugin, but it always touches your stuff, and I mean, it enters tap is the main problem, and then you have to untap, and then it's like, sure, you can slow down things, but it's like, if you have mana rocks and stuff, it's just, I don't know, it seems kind of... I do like the selective amount of it, like, the way you can choose yeah, what you're destroying. Yeah, it's like, uh, what's it called, like, pernicious that dragon? dragon? Uh, what's it called? The artifact dragon? Oh, uh, steel hellkite? Yeah, steel hellkite. Uh, but that's opponent, like... Yeah. So this definitely seems like its sole purpose is to keep your opponents from playing dirty. Like, I just I love hate cards. Sideboard. I mean, I feel like the main thing is it's just like it might be good in the future because we're going back for the next several sets to Phyrexia. So maybe it's like there'll be like more like Phyrexian mana. It stops the Defilers and stuff. But besides that, it's just. I don't know. I don't know if it would take up a cyborg. I do see it getting a lot of play in the future, though. In the future, but right now, I don't think it'll make an effect, especially on, like, standard. I would rate it a 6 out of 10. Mm, 5.5. 4 out of 10, honestly. The the more I read this, the less I like it. But, okay. uh, This one, we don't have to talk about much, because I'm sure everyone knows about it. Seems like the set's made for Super Friends. Yeah. Well, and then there's uh, Urza Assembles the Titans. So we'll get to that later. But Liliana of the Veil. And so everyone knows this. It's His abilities aren't, like, insane. But it is very good because it's three mana. Perfectly very similar. mediocre is all things should be. 
it's a super good card. But its abilities are okay. But the main thing is three mana, very similar to Ren and Six. I do see it getting removed pretty easily. I mean, yes, but you can, like, if there's a big creature and they just have one creature, you can make it sack. And right, well, you should read the abilities. Oh yeah. So it's one black black, uh, three loyalty plus one. Each player discards a card. Minus two, target player sacrifices a creature. I like that. Minus six, separate all permanents target player controls into two piles. That player sacrifices all permanents in the pile of their choice. The only reason I like this is because it can get rid of lands. That is fun. If you ultimate it, you can just do, like, one thing I like to do is just lands on one side, all other permanents on the other. So it's like, and then if you have, like, a board wipe in hand, it's just like, okay, so if you just get all, rid of all your stuff, or uh, you lose all your lands. And so the, the ultimate is pretty good. And I think it's just... I also like it's minus two because it, you can use that right. Like if you can somehow get rid of, I feel like you can make it select things pretty easily and yeah. get rid of almost anything. Yeah, I I really also like the each player discards a card because it's not a great ability, but it can be abused. Like we have already like lots of discard synergies in mono black, which is obviously what. That's mostly gonna pl- be played, and maybe like Rakdos Midrange Sack, but I think it's mostly gonna be mono black. And in- we have like Turgrid, we have uh, we just got the Raven Man, which whenever opponent discards a card, then you get a one one. I just think the Raven Man's funny. Well, it's one duel, you know, but I just got uh, it is a funny name, but um, so I think it's like good value, especially if you have like madness stuff, but. Besides that, it's just it's just good. It's three mana. I feel like that's the main thing has going for it. It's three mana. It's cheap, and it can just really pop off if yeah. Especially if you ultimate it. That's like the one we have so far. Besides giant, that like basically wins you the game usually. Seven out of ten. Oh no, I'm, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Okay, so next up is Rith. The Awakener. Liberated I mean, Primeval. Oh, liberated Primeval. Wrong card. <laughs> um, so it's two red, green, white. Yeah, it's Fine Ward 2. It's a 5-5. Five, five. And other dragons you control have Ward 2. And at the beginning of your end step, if a creature or planeswalker and opponent control was dealt excess damage this turn, create a 4-4 four, four red dragon token with flying. I hate his uh, showcase art. It's I love it. Not that good. Okay, but how do you think the actual card is? Mm. Really? So, okay, it's not great. We're we're gonna be honest. I think it's, you could do a fun t- burn style deck. That's what I was gonna say. Is yeah, if I feel like it's pretty good if you just have a bunch of like things like bolts, strike, lightning strikes, all these things that deal dragon ETBs a certain number of damage. To creatures. It has to be to creature or planeswalker, but I know, but dragon ETB cards that we yeah. have, you can it's like a SIG. It only activates once per turn. It's not the most value, but it's decent. Yeah, I, I feel like it can be good because you know white and green has all the token doublers, but then you know, you just kind of a burn style deck and maybe also some ex some Creatures that can be pumped to get bigger, so it's like, oh, they think that it's not going to be no excess damage, and then so way ex- It doesn't deal, doesn't pump. I'm saying like an instant speed thing, okay, like oh, giant to pump the dragons. But coat of arms would be good. But okay, any other thoughts on it? Six out of ten because it has potential. Okay, next card is a card that I've played against and played with, and it is ridiculous. Do you want to read it, Atticus? No, but I will. Sarah Paragon. I'm going to move this microphone away. It's too close to me. Once during each of your turns, you may play a land card from your graveyard or cast a permanent spell with mana value three or less from your graveyard. If you do, it gains whenever this permanent is put into a graveyard from the battlefield. Excel it, and you gain two life. It also is flying. It's two white, uh, two colorless, three, four. This Not is two colorless, two of any color. Ridiculous. I mean... No, it is so good because here's the thing. So first of all, you can just it's like Luris, but you get um you can get mana value three or less. 
And then you also get the add bonus of gain to life. But here's the thing. It might be like, oh, the exiling is bad. But you can just blink it and it goes away. It's not a perpetual effect. You just blink it and it's gone. And then it's still, you just get it back. So you can have it's it can't really infinite combo but it's just it's so good just being able to constantly bring back your stuff and i would honestly say the best case is just like using this on like turn five or six and so you slap it down and then you cast something from your graveyard because it definitely feels bad if it just instantly dies but then you just get one activation that's pretty good like i mean because your opponent spell your opponent is you know pain out spell to kill it mm -hmm. it's no scrap trawler but it's still decent scrap trawler great card that's the okay. i'm hey, not gonna scrap trawler and combos easily i know but i don't like it okay i love it next up is shanna purifying blade so it's banned so green white blue this card is bonkers three three lifelink beginning of your incept you may pay x if you do draw x cards X can't be greater than the amount of life you gain this turn. So basically, just at the beginning of each end step, you can pay a amount of mana less than or equal to the amount of life you gain this turn. So basically, once for each life you gain, you can pay one mana to draw a card. And I feel like that's pretty good. I mean, there's no real win con. I wouldn't say it's that good, honestly, because uh, what's it called? It's not got the right colors. Like, if that had black yes, and things is. for, like, losing life, and then you could regain the life, that would be decent. No, but green, but... white, blue is card draw, card draw and lifelink tribal. Like, green, white, so much lifelink, and then green, blue, so much card draw. And so if you can have thing, oh, whenever you draw a card, you get this effect, then, oh, whenever you gain a life, you get this effect, it really just goes well. Meh. I think it's good. I don't like it as much. Okay. The next card is my personal favorite out of the set, and I actually have oh, a copy of it yeah, with a, me right here. Shelladrid the Apocalypse. What a great flavor text for the name there. The Apocalypse. Imagine being known as the Apocalypse. I thought you were talking about Gix failed, I shall not, and I was like, that's no. kind of lame. But, okay, so it's two black, reading black. This, I am. Two black. I thought you didn't black. like a Uh, yeah, but this is the best card out of the set. Uh... Phyrexian Praetor, Legendary Creature, Death Touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws two, a card, they lose two life. I have had a lot of experience with this card so far. Very fun. So good. Uh, this is in my Nekuzar deck. And I've never cast Peer into the Abyss on myself before, but it worked very well. Double my life total, oh basically. Oh my goodness. No, it doesn't double your life total. I man. went... I got 80 HP, and I was at 3 HP in that game. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it more than doubled my level. <laughs> but, yeah, this card is so good. I mean, so, first of all, it's just a 2 black black 4 5 death toucher, which is honestly Decent. not bad. I mean, you're never going to want to use its death touch ability, because then it dies, but if you can put first strike trample, obviously, that's good. But we've seen that before. But, you know... It's not, like, a game-winning card, but it does give slow... Okay, but outside of Nekuzar. Outside... Hey. It's, it's not game-winning. It's like, oh, you draw a couple cards, you they lose two life, you gain a few life. It's really good. It doesn't win you the game, but it is... It seems, You're not playing this outside of card draw. But that's when but people are. With black, like, 60% of decks in standard are black right now. And so people are just throwing this into any deck and it's like it's good but obviously in a nekuzar deck or a card draw deck it is ridiculous i mean that's hands down it's so good like you can just kill people so easily by just like one wheel and it's really really good but um i think it's just decent by outside because it you know over its lifetime people will usually just like kill this in on site i mean that's just kind of yes. what happens because it's such a scary card but some people are just slotting it into their decks as a fun card and i would advise against that because people are instantly gonna kill it it's just like i just wanted to dream you guys <laughs> get a couple life but you could use it how i use it uh counter removal 
baiting the counters. No, I'm kidding. But okay. Two great showcases. One of them's in the Phyrexian yeah. language, which is cool. I, I like the Phyrexian language, but I don't like the showcase. Stained glass. Yeah, it's not that good, but I okay. like all the zombies that are like being yeah. controlled. That's kind of cool looking. Nine out of ten, I'd say. Or eight out of ten, actually. Okay. Um. Gen Devastator. Okay, so it's X and red. <coughs> Rock hider. <coughs> flying. Okay. Um, so it's flying haste and it's a zero zero, but ETBs with X plus one plus one counters on it. So at whenever it's made cost is red and X. Yeah, red and X. That's why I said X and red. Mm. Um whenever you cast this into Dragon Hydra, it's never gonna be great. I mean, two mana one one flying haste, that just a phoenix chick but like kind of worse or but actually way worse and that's an uncommon that's seen like barely any play so i mean it's a good card but um so but the thing is as we've seen before being able to scale is worth the extra price like flexibility is just so powerful i mean sure Two mana one one isn't great. Three mana two two flying haste isn't great either. But three mana, and it keeps on going up. And of course, like five mana four four flying haste. That's not good at all because it's just strictly worse than like gold spin. But this scaling, I think, is actually pretty good. Uh, I'd say a seven. Eh. I feel like counter decks, like things with the Ozolith and stuff, it goes well with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd give it an eight, despite okay. you. Okay. Okay, so um, next up, we have Silverback Elder, the big chunky gorilla. He's um, an ape. Not an ape shaman. Okay, okay. I think he looks <gasps> like a gorilla. Because. Kurt? <gasps> yeah, he's Kurt Ape's uncle. Yeah. Curtip's creepy uncle. So he's two green, green, green. So five mana. Five, seven. Whenever you cast a creature spell, choose one. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Look at the top five cards in your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tapped. And then, or you can gain for life. This seems slow. I mean, it's gonna take a while, but in a kind of grindy green deck, it seems actually really good because mm, I'd give it mediocre at best. I'm just I gonna mean, rate it now. Okay. It's there, cool and all, but there's only so much you can do with it. There's not that much to be said about it. I mean, okay, it does what it, it does, and there's nothing else it, to it. It's not gonna slot in a ton of decks just because there's so many insane five green drops in standard right now. I mean, four out of three ten. and five drops, but I mean. It's like an aura shards if you need blow up some problematic artifacts, which there are quite a few in standard. And then it seems like spot removal when you're going against stuff like that. Like everyone's gonna be like on the spot that thing's yeah. gone. The second really it comes though, out, if, like mean, if you're playing against the deck where it's useful, it's okay. just gone. That's a good point, but I don't know. Maybe in like commander, it's good because just kind of a Q effect, like oh, ramping you, gain for life. I think in commander it might stick out. It's okay. I'm not saying it's good. I, I think it's just decent. I'm going to stick with my rating of 4 out of 10. Okay, I'll, I'll give you 5 out of 10. Okay. Solo Canard, that tainted. Oh my goodness, this card's so bad. I hate it. I think it's going to be one of those fun utility cards that people throw into decks, but okay. I'm not sure. I don't know. So Grixis and 2. That's Grixis, right? Yeah, Grixis and 2. So the best colors. The beginning of your end step, choose one That's that hasn't been chosen. Gross. This is the person who thinks that Curd Ape is bad. Um, draw a card. Each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Solkanar deals three damage to up to one other target creature or planeswalker. XL Solkanar then return it to the battlefield under an opponent's control. Okay. I think that this is a card that's going to be used and it's going to have some stupid combo with it that's no. just going to be in... Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. I guarantee someday they're going to print a card that's going to combo with it in just the dumbest way. Here's the thing. There are fringe decks that have Demonic Pact and Generous Gift. There's a bunch of different decks like this that, or with nine lives, basically you get all the good things off Demonic Pact, but then right before you're about to 
lose the game once all things have been chosen, you um give it to an opponent. Those but, don't work. Those decks don't work. I've seen it, but so that's the whole purpose is they aren't that good. I mean, they're super risky and they're just kind of okay, but it's like if you're just like, oh, just sack it. It's not that good. And the abilities of Sokinar aren't, like, amazing. They're just okay. Like, draining for two, picking off a little guy. Um, Sometimes those little guys can be annoying. Brooks does not have the best removal. Like, Are you th- joking? There are they- three good removal cards in all of Grixis. Minus counterspells, we're not counting. Atticus, are, are, you, are you joking? Grixis is the removal colors and control colors. What do you mean? I'm Atticus. Yeah. No. I I'm not sure you Grixis. I play a Grixis deck. Yeah, you know well, what? You I don't do play, play a very you play a weird Grixis deck. Grixis is You're playing Nekuzar. That's not normal Grixis is control. Um it's slowly grinding out value. It's and just killing or countering everything that opponent plays. But that aside, I think this card is awful because you might get a bit of value, but even if you can like sacrifice it to like scry one, I don't feel like it's that good. I mean, it's five mana, draw a card, drain, pick off something. It's okay, but. Aminatu, that sounds like a very fun card for Aminatu. Okay. But it just. It's well, they're not the right colors, but yeah, it still sounds like something it, that would work well with that, though. I just people are excited by this card, but like it just feels so bad because it's like if you get to the last ability, it's really, really painful. Then you're the future, prone. Jonathan. You've got to think about the future, not the present. I mean, if you do not like get rid of it, you, that's just not okay, but. I mean, it just seems pretty weak. Like, it's just such small abilities. I mean, every single one... Then again, what's the uh, the snow land? You can pay a snow, and then it becomes a 2-2. People thought that was weak. <laughs> Not anymore. You mean... Uh, 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 no, I mean... Uh, the, well, that got, like, modified now. It's kind of bad. Yeah, uh, got banned in Arena. Yeah, it's... for a while. Then just got modified, so it's a three-three. Um, but that aside, it was a two-two before. No, it was a three-three. It was a four-three before. That doesn't even. That's not even the important part. The important part is that it's untouchable when it's a land. You can. Yes, but this is nothing like that. This is nothing like that. I mean, just think of demonic pact in decks like this. Decks you're running like this. Oh, I'm just saying in general. Like this is not like that, but I'm just saying in general, like. Things are gonna happen. But this this card is just bad. I mean, like, in a deck that's gonna run it, it's usually a demonic pack deck that is like, um, oh, I'm gonna give it to my opponent at the last second and then I get it back. But if you're already gonna be doing that, Demonic Pack just does all of that a million times better. It does every single one of the abilities, but better. And then it just makes your opponent lose the game. Instead of just, you get it all again. I mean, that's just better. So, solid. Take it from one out of ten. By that I mean, I've lost enough games to know how losing games goes. This is going to be a good card. No, it isn't. Someday, somewhere, some way. It's so bad. (sighs) Okay. Next up, we have Soul... I didn't give up my rating. I'll give it a 6 out of 10 because it has a future. It's one... Oh, I disagree, but okay. Um, Next up, we have Soul of Windbreaks. This is a fun card. So it's Meh. one in Jund. So black... Ew. It's my favorite color combination. Okay, one in Jund. One Brixis is mine. Black, green, red. And... Whenever ETBs or attacks, you may put a land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control. So, first of all, not the best so far. What? I think that is Well, for four mana, you're already not going to need as much ramp. Have you seen how powerful um, 
Like, have you seen how powerful Wind Grace, the actual planeswalker, is? It's one of the most busted planeswalkers. I mean... Well, this is not Wind Grace, is it? It is, though. This is the soul of Wind Grace. You, you get, like, I mean, first of all, even if you have no lands in your graveyard, it's from a graveyard, and there's so many in Commander. There's fetches, there's cycling lands, there's so much different stuff, lands that you're putting into your graveyard and mill. You're almost always going to have a hit for this, and it's just ramping. It's great. But in this deck, it's all <coughs> about... Oh, in this deck, it's all about putting lands in your graveyard. And so... I love it. I mean, it's none of its abilities are great. I mean, green discard. I'm just saying, its abilities only activate if you have lands. My inner Boston accent. Wait, it's like green discard a land card, you gain three life, and then it ramps you. You put that card in the in then or one red discard a land card, draw a card. You can basically ramp one red, ramp and draw a card. Or two black, you can discard a land card. It, you give Soul of Wind Grace indestructible until end of turn. So you can discard and then get it back and give it indestructible if there's removal. I think this card is great. I'm I mean, not saying it's not good. I'm just saying it's not like very good. Okay. Obviously, in standard, this card is going to do nothing. But in commander, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10, actually. 9 out of 10. Yeah, I think it would be a good utility card, but how many Jun decks are there that ramp? That's, like, made around ramping and purely ramping. Yeah, green is... Yes, but Jun, like, all of the colors. But also, there's so many Jun cards that have madness and stuff, so you can also do a discard theme. There's so many options. I love this card. Okay. Sphinx of Clear Skies gonna read it no i can't even see it i'm too far away it has domain flying and ward two it's two mana two, two blue and three uh it's a five five its domain is whenever it deals combat damage to a player build the top x cards of your library where x is the number of basic land types among lands you control an opponent separates those cards into two piles put one of the piles in your hand and the other pile into your graveyard you say that quickly. So basically, it's a fact or fiction for domain. So basically, whenever but it's five mana and past the point where you need it the most, you're only going to be able to cast that when you not when you need it the most, but when no. But once you have five mana, you can easily have domain, and I think this card is pretty good because once you have five mana, you can easily have domain, and then. Whenever it deals combat damage, it's very similar to the other Sphinx that facts or fiction. Um, whenever another Sphinx enters battlefield, but whenever it deals combat damage, which a 5 5 fly and ward 2 is kind of hard to block, but you get a factor fiction once you have domain for five cards. I feel like this card is pretty good. Like, And then with all the extra mana you have, you have a lot of mana at this point, you're just going to be able to cast. All those cards. And it's repeated so much cards. I think it's great. The world spell. But you, you never ran. Oh, you, yeah. You we never didn't read it. Soul of Windbreaks either. I did. Oh, I did. Five out of ten. I mean, a four out of ten. For Sphinx? No, Soul of Windbreaks. Sphinx think... gets four out of ten. What the? I think Sphinx out is eight out of ten. What? Okay. I, I, I hey. Alright, you want to read the words then? Okay. So, it's five green green. It's a read ahead, which, so basically you choose a chapter to start on, and then you start on it. So, uh, lore one and two. I really like this card. It's slow, but I think it's good in Commander. So, um, one and two is, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a non solver permanent card from your hand, from among them and put it in your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library. So it's like, um, what's, it's like the flashback, um, one in blue that lets you look at the top seven and get two, but it's, you do it twice, so you get one each time, but, so that's just automatically better. But then, 
On the third saga, you put up to two non-saga permanent cards from your hand onto the battlefield. I love this card. If you're playing like huge Aldrazi, super scary, big chunkers, you get one of those. Or, my personal favorite, you can find combo pieces. Yeah. So, if you have two, two permanent cards that combo, you can just put those two cards... You can dig for one of them and then dig for the next one. Pineapple pen. Often you're just gonna instantly combo out of nowhere. Like normally, opponents can see it coming, but they can't counter it because if they didn't counter world spell, this is the big thing. If you, they can't counter it because you're putting it onto the battlefield. It's like channeling instead of um, just counter target spell. So if they had like a disallowed a counter target ability. Yeah, that would, but I feel like this card is so good. I mean, eh, I would have to disagree slightly. I'm not saying that it's not a great card, but what I'm saying is that where it's going to do its best good is in, um, what's it called? Competitive. But I don't see that getting too much competitive CEDH? play. Yes. I don't see it getting too much competitive play, though, is the problem. I feel, oh, I don't think it's... CEDH. I think it's EDH. It's just a cute card that can combo if you want, or just put on some big Eldrazi monsters. I really like it. It's awful in standard, but I think it's pretty good in commander. I'm going to give it oh, 7 yes, out of 10. Standard always sucks, though. Okay, next. Uh, 6 out of 10. Next up. Uh, Timeless Lotus, a trash card. Timeless what? is a legendary artifact. It enters the battle hill tap. Tap it to add, uh... Wooberg. Yeah. And it's five mana. I think this card is great. I mean, here's the thing. It's, sure, people are going to see it coming. They might just remove it. But in a five-color deck, I feel like this card is great because, I mean, there's some cute synergies with, you know, Teferi, the, who slows the sunset. Then you can instantly untap it, get Wooberg, get it all back. And it's not, like, the best card, but I feel like it's a pretty dang good mana rock. I mean, five mana is just so big. Sure, there's lots of removal. Five mana, though, and ETB's tap. But think about Gilded Lotus. I mean, sure, Gilded Lotus, you can always get the three mana back, but I really like it, just because obviously, we're not sliding it into any non- Uber decks at the well, see now in Commander we couldn't even you, you can't even put, it, put it in, in my colorless deck. That's that's not one. legal, but you know Crime. sure. Uh but Crime. Okay, Atticus. But I really I I think this card is decent just because I mean if someone doesn't have removal it is so powerful. The only time I see it actually doing well is in like copying decks, where you copy things. What? No, but have you ever seen it with Teferi? It's so good. No, because I haven't seen it ever. I've seen it. Oh wait, I've seen it twice, it. but I haven't seen it played in a game. The I have seen it played. Vesuvian diplomacy. Diplomancy. A blue and three. It's an enchantment. Weird art, bunch of faces. Whenever you cast a spell that targets only a single artifact or creature you control, create a token that's a copy of that artifact or creature, except it's not legendary. Orvar. Knock off Orvar. I love this card with Ivy. It's, we'll talk about Ivy later, but it just combos so well with it. And I don't know, it really is knock off Orvar, but I really like it because. Orvar's better. I mean, there's. I do think it would do well in an Orvar deck, though. Oh, yes, but. There's a lot of decks in standard right now that have uh what's Raffian's Informant, like the all the like double strikers that whenever you cast a spell on it, it connives, or like Storm Chaser Drake, whenever it becomes a target, you draw a card. And then with Vesuvian Duplomancy, so you cast all these little cantrips like sleep at the back, put a plus one plus one counter on it, it faces out, so you protect it. And then you create a copy of it and it just starts stacking up and it becomes really ridiculous. Like that does infinite combo with Peregrine Drake and then uh, I can't remember what the other one is. It's like a one mana buyback to uh, it's a good card. But okay. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I'm gonna rate this seven out of ten. Seven out of ten too, because it has combos. 
I call this one. Uh, the Weatherlight completed. No! It's back, and it's destroyed once again. Because people are, um, Shana was kind of dumb in the story. They're it's... Magic the Gathering characters, Jonathan. They're all stupid and dumb. Kind of evil. Right, are like, you gonna read yeah, it? One second, I'm, I'm about to go on a rant. There's not one good Magic the Gathering other than Uragrass character. Not we're, one. We're trying to make a podcast. We're not trying to make people angry. Well, Atticus. Name a good one. Uh, flying. It's a two mana, five five. Decent. Uh, flying, as long as Weatherlight completed, has one or more. Not four, one, four or more uh, fire resist counters on it. It's a Phyrexian creature in addition to its other uh, creature types. So it's a vehicle with no crew. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a fire resist counter on the weather light completed, then draw a card. If it has seven or more fire resist counters on it, it uh, if it doesn't, scry one. I, I, I like this. I, I aristocrats. I, like it too. I mean, yeah, it's so good in just aristocrats. I mean, Think of oven decks, you, you know, cat where uh, it might not be the best in that, but I think it would be a fun card to put in your chatter bank. Ooh, yeah. So basically, um, I just feel like this card is really, really powerful because, um, you know, you get to. I mean, it's just two mana, and after mana enough creatures five, five, die, five. it becomes a five-five flying, which is. And it's gives you hard draw and scrap. Yeah, but basically, every time you you have an aristocrat effect, or if they're just a board wipe, um, you instantly just turn it on. This is great with the board wipe because it survives the board wipe, and then it gets all the counters. And so it's like, sure, it's a hard draw. Yeah, it's just at the beginning. Oh, you're gonna remove it? Okay, I'll sacrifice all of my creatures. Oh wait, that doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, that doesn't work. But um. <laughs> Well, there are things that remove counters, yeah. so this can this is actually a really cute combo I with. I think I might actually uh, make an Aristocrat like, deck for this. Um, that would be fun. There's uh, what's it? It's like Soul or Spark Stealer or whatever. It's uh, blue black. You can and you can like pick. You can remove a counter. No, but similar. You can remove yeah. a counter to draw a card. This is. I just, think Heartless Act would work. Oh yeah, but um. Scardy is really good, I feel like, because, yeah, at the beginning, once it's just Scry 1, which is pretty bad, but it's a Viscera Seer. Well, that's whenever a creature dies. Either way, that's a two-mana Scry 1 when a creature dies. Yeah, whenever a creature creature you control dies. But in an Aristocrat stack, that's like, Aristocrats. Scry 5 per turn. Or, like, then it's just ridiculous, because... By then, then you're already drawing cards off that. Then it becomes a two-mana 5-5 with flying, in just like an oven deck. And whenever a creature you control dies, draw a card. Yeah, and that is just ridiculous. I mean, think of yeah, oven or Rakdos mid range, just like sacking creatures left and right. Oh, and you also get a draw card and get a two mana five five flying. I mean, I those decks also, don't need help. Yeah, I also think that there's going to be ways to like um, what's it called? Something involving the counters. Yeah, like, proliferate. Yeah, I not proliferate. Like, just I feel like the counters. No, can pro- proliferate. I know. But. Uh, yeah, you can add more counters, and then I do think it's kind of cute, the series of adding and removing counters, though. Yeah. I'd give that, honestly, an 8 out of 10. 9 out of 10. Okay, and this is our last mythic for the episode, and uh, we're finishing up the episode, or part 1 at least. We'll come back for uh, some of the cycles. But, okay. Um, Sir, well, you... I hate the old Zer. Just Zer in general makes me mad now. Just because the other one's so annoying to play against. That is true. He is... What are those colors called? Is that Nia? No, it's Esper. Esper. Alright. He's Esper flying... Uh, that's his mana cost. His mana cost is like Esper. Black. Flying enchantments you control of Death, Touch, Life, Link, and Hexproof. Not that bad. Uh, for one mana and a white... Target non or enchantment you control becomes a creature in addition to its other types and has a base power and base value equal to its mana value. I mean, base power and base toughness equal to its mana value. I and mean, it's a 1 4. We've seen enchanters before, but I think this is a really fun card because. I feel like there are things that you could do with it that are fun. Yeah. I mean, it's like it doesn't have green, which isn't normally an enchantress thing, but 
I mean, first of all, just like the bestow creatures become really good with this because you give them death, theft, lifelink, and hexproof. But um, if I really, really like this because you can just, it's kind of like almost like crewing for enchantments, but it's permanently, like it permanently becomes one in a white. It just permanently becomes a big chunky creature. If you... But it still remains its ability, so... Oh, and keep in mind, that's a... It, like, whatever you turn is... Has death, touch, life, yes, and hexproof. Yes, I, I know. So, imagining, like, a Solemnity Nine Lives deck sort of deck. Like, I mean, you're... Uh, you you have, like, Solemnity out. It's totally useless until you get Nine Lives. What do you mean? That's... Oh, like, okay, it's still good, but it's... Doesn't have its full So many cards potential. that I can't yeah. with. But I'm saying, if you just have that out... And then, but still just like, okay, I guess I'll just one in a white, make it a 3-3, three, three, death touch, lifelink. But here's the important part, hexproof. So you can protect your combo things. It's just like, um... You don't even need to turn it into a creature. He just instantly gives no, the hexproof. No, well, unless they don't have enchantment creatures. So you just have enchantments. This is oh, that's so enchantment good creatures, okay. In, in enchantress because once you have enough mana, you slap it down, and then you say, I don't want this combo piece to be taken away so i am first of all gonna make it a really powerful creature and then give it hexproof so no matter what you aren't getting rid of it unless you have a weird board wipe but yeah that's the, the only downside that i can see so far to this is like board, board wipes. wipes uh but if you have i mean last one is on white blue black is all about protecting your creatures i mean blue bees now yes. black uh black returning creatures white uh, protecting your creatures and returning them back. This card seems so good because it protects your combo pieces and your enchantments, makes them big. I love it. I, I'll, I mean, I don't like Esper, but I think it's a really fun card. I'll give it 6 out of 10. I would give 10. it a 6 out of 10, but then again, he's server, so I'm giving it a 1 out of 10. Okay, you do you. Okay, so that wraps up our episode. Thank you all for listening. Yes. And have a nice one. Enjoy your day.